Hello there. How pleasant of you to join us. Greetings, exalted one. Join me. This is the way. This is where the fun begins. <laughs> What's up, Star Wars friends? Welcome back to Galaxy Palooza, a Star Wars podcast of galactic proportions, where we celebrate the extraordinarily impressive Star Wars universe. In this episode of the podcast, I'm going to be continuing with part two of my ongoing retrospective of The Mandalorian. You know, when The Mandalorian first premiered on Disney Plus in 2019, as entertaining as it was, and as much as I loved it, and as much as you probably loved it too, since you're listening to this podcast, you know, it brought a lot of new lore to the Star Wars universe for some of us, and left us with a lot of questions. And now that the show has aged some... Uh, questions have been answered and in these retrospectives my purpose is to look back and try to gather information that provides answers to some of those questions also while looking back at the Mandalorian I'm just taking a deeper dive into some of the things that happened in the show if you missed the first part in this series I put a link in the show notes so you can check it out after you listen to this in that other episode I cover what tracking fobs are and what exactly is a chain code and talk about some other things too I also need to make a correction to something that I said in the prior Mandalorian retrospective. In the last podcast, I mentioned that Chapter 1 of The Mandalorian was Dave Filoni's directorial debut. And what I told you was true. From a certain point of view, it was Dave Filoni's live-action directorial debut. Prior to that, Dave Filoni had directed some of the Star Wars animated shows, so I stand corrected. Now, moving on, in this episode, I'm going to be picking up with looking back at Season 1, Chapter 1, titled The Mandalorian. And in this retrospective, I'm going to be taking a look back at some of the cool foreshadowing of things to come we saw in Chapter 1 of the Mandalorian. So let's do it. All right, The Mandalorian, Season 1, Retrospective, Part 2. Cool, subtle foreshadowing of things to come. First thing I want to start off with is talking about Beskar. You know, from just minutes into that first episode the mandalorian walks into ferryman's reef which is that cantina that's on that ice planet of paganon and when he walks in there everybody stops what they're doing and the mando had was accused of making one of the ferryman trawlers spill his drink this is the guy with the beard who's also um about to cut the gills off of the mithril that is actually Mando's bounty. But this guy accuses uh, Mando of spilling his drink, walks up to Mando while Mando's at the bar, and asks him, is that real Beskar? I think this was some cool, subtle foreshadowing of just getting into the whole Beskar thing, Beskar's value, Beskar's rarity. We see that, you know, later in the episode when the Mandalorian takes a job for the client, which turns out to be the Imperial Remnant, he gives Mando a bar of Beskar as down payment and assures Mando that the Beskar is real. 
The other really interesting, like kind of cool foreshadowing thing about that is um, this character, the client, you know, he tells the Mandalorian that, you know, once his mission is done and it's over with, that he has a full Camp Tano uh, full of Beskar for him. Now, a Camtano is like a cylindrical uh, security device container that holds important things in the Star Wars universe. Outside of the Star Wars universe, yo, it's just an ice cream maker. It's, it's an ice cream maker that they use as a prop in Empire Strikes Back, and it has made its way into the Mandoverse, which is really cool. Uh, so just a funny side note on that, but, uh, the client tells, uh, Mando that, you know, it would be nice to see the Beskar back in the hands of the, the, the Mandalorians. It's where it belongs. So that there's some cool foreshadowing there as well. when we're talking about how, you know, we end up ultimately finding out that Mandalore is basically jacked of all of its Beskar by the Empire. So I thought that was cool. There's a whole lot, you know, more Beskar stuff we could talk about too, but just in the first episode, I thought that was some really cool foreshadowing of things to come um, when we're talking about Beskar. Some of the other cool, subtle foreshadowing of things to come that uh, we see in this first chapter, chapter one, is the topic of droids. We learned that Mando does not like droids in this episode. When he's on his way back to seek passage to the shipyards, once he's captured his bounty, the Mithril, uh, and he goes up to that alien creature who's like, you know, the Uber connector, I guess. I don't know what species he is, but uh, he hails a speeder for him and uh, there's a droid driving it and Mando says, no droids. And then we learn like, oh, Mando don't like droids. And, you know, that's some foreshadowing for a good chunk of the series, really. And even even in this episode, later on, he runs into IG-11 when he's out trying to capture um, the bounty that for the client and uh, he sees IG-11 and you know, he has to work with the droid you know probably not one of the things Mando loves to do and when the IG-11 unit shows up I believe he says oh great an assassin droid or something like that you know and speaking of some funny foreshadowing while on the topic of IG-11 from the jump like after that battle, I, during that battle, IG-11 is like, ah, I'm just going to self-destruct. I'm going to initiate self-destruct. IG-11 is trying to blow himself up from the jump, from like the second he meets Mando. And eventually he does self-destruct in chapter eight, which is the series finale for season one called The Reckoning. So yeah, th- I thought that was some funny, cool foreshadowing there. Now, the last thing I wanted to kind of touch on is... um new love for the empire so uh in the earlier in the episode where mando shows up to um turn his bounties into grief karga grief karga offered him imperial credits uh, and uh, mando refused the imperial credits as payment he's like hey haven't you heard the empire is gone you know grief assured him that they do spend uh just you know they still spend um and then it's interesting because he doesn't want these imperial credits but he ends up taking a job for the client who turns out to be the imperial remnant i thought that was pretty crazy too 
So um, the very last thing, okay, got one more for you. One thing I want to touch on. Now, I'm not sure if this is foreshadowing of things to come, but this is more of a question that's been in my mind since chapter one of The Mandalorian. It keeps coming back every now and then. It comes back to when we see Mando learning how to mount the Blurg, and he keeps getting knocked off the Blurg. And uh, Quill tells him that, hey, your ancestors rode the great Mythosaur, basically mounting this blurg and riding it should be nothing for you and then we see mando kind of like put his hand out and i i kind of thought like he's kind of calming the blurg with the force i could be wrong something i've always kind of questioned in my mind is is mando force sensitive it's a question that's been in my mind since this first episode it comes and it goes sometimes i'm like mando's force sensitive and then sometimes i ain't force sensitive but you know now he has dark saber he had um we see him struggle to use dark saber in the book of boba fett and you know i'm not saying you have to be force sensitive to wield dark saber but damn it sure would help right so i'm kind of thinking that you know I mean, obviously, in the Star Wars world, everybody has some degree of midichlorians. You know, Mandos might be super low, you know, uh, in in the midichlorian count. But, you know, light, the force flows through everything, all living things in the Star Wars universe. I'm kind of thinking, like, maybe his connection to Baby Yoda with Baby Yoda, Grogu, obviously being force-sensitive, connected to the force. If he's going to maybe help Mando tap in a little bit to some of that inner midichlorian in him uh, so that he's able to wield dark saber and, and battle with it you know so that's just some things that's been going on in my mind since chapter one of the mandalorian but what do you think i want to hear from you you can let me know by going to galaxypalooza.com there is a way you can talk directly back to me there is a microphone on the right hand bottom side of the screen you just gotta click it you can leave me a message telling me your thoughts while you're there you can also comment on any of the show episodes and interact and be part of the galaxy palooza community so i encourage you to get over there and do that and also if you don't if you listen to this podcast on a website our websites and you're not into downloading podcast apps and uh following podcasts on the various apps you could sign up to be part of the mailing list and you'll get an email every time a new episode of the podcast drops so that's going to do it for this episode of the podcast i hope you enjoyed it hope uh i entertained you i hope you learned something new or got some questions sparked in your mind about the mandalorian so thank you for spending your time here with me i really appreciate it hope you're all doing well and feeling amazing and i will talk to you on the next Galaxy Palooza. This party's over. I have spoken. The Force will be with you. 